Matthew chapter 11, I'm going to jump in, read some scriptures to you, and then I'll explain to you where we're going. If you didn't get your Bible reading in because of a lack of hour of sleep, we're going to get our Bible reading in today. Hey, by the way, this is, I, I am by nature, I am a control freak. This is just my problem. It's my issue. I'm such a control freak for daylight savings. I do not trust the iPhone. Anybody else? Anybody else Google what happens with the iPhone? And you know, this is me. Last night, I'm like, I'm not going to wake up late. I'm not going to be that guy. So I literally, I Googled how to do it yourself. So I Google it. I, it walks me through my general settings, going to date and time. I took off manual or whatever, or automatic and put it on manual. And, and, and I changed it myself. So this morning I woke up and I was like, yeah, I beat it. I know what's up. I'm good. And so I even tweeted out. I was like, it's best feeling ever when you wake up on daylight savings and you know, it's all good. And when I posted the tweet, it usually says, you know, how many seconds the tweet has been up. But when I posted the tweet, it said 59 minutes. I said, 15, I posted it right now, 59 minutes. What in the world is that? So I said, how in the, what? So I started, I Googled, what time is it right now? And the time, the time, <laughs> this is a true story. And the time was not the time I had on my phone. So I said, what in the world? So I, I see on one of my friends from the East Coast posted at the same time. So I text him, Hey, how you doing? What's going on? You ready for today? I said, Hey, what time is it over there? And he said, he said, it's, it's 8 a.m. Where are you at? I said, oh, it's, yeah, you're going to have a great Sunday, bro. <laughs> I messed up the whole thing. I went back to bed for an hour. Holler at your boy if you got control problems. So I'm going to have a whole lot of coffee. If you want to have fun, come to the 6 o'clock. It's going to be lit. <laughs> so that had nothing to do with nothing. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. We're going to get our Bible reading in. Says next, Jesus let fly on the cities where he had worked the hardest, but whose people had responded the least. Don't you hate that when you work hard with somebody and they just they don't respond? Next, Jesus let fly on the cities where he had worked the hardest, but whose people had responded the least, shrugging their shoulders and going their own way. Doomed to you. You ever come to Bible uh, words and you like have to fake it till you make it? Like, I have no idea how to say that city. Doomed to you, chor- chorizo. I want to say chorizo so bad. <laughs> Doomed to you, Bethsedad. <laughs> Team no sleep. Um, if Tyre and Sidon had seen half of the powerful miracles you had seen, they would have been on their knees in a minute. At judgment day, they'll get off easy compared to you. In Capernaum, with all your peacocks strutting, you are going to end up in the abyss. This is like warrior fans. If the people of Sodom had your chances, the city, some of you are still getting that right now, (laughs) had your chances, the city would still be around. At judgment day, they'll get off easy compared to you. Verse 25 and 26. Abruptly, Jesus broke into prayer. He said, thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You concealed your ways from the sophisticates and the know-it-alls, but spelled them out clearly to ordinary people. Yes, Father, that's why you like, that's how you like to work. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now he was tender. He said, the Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does and nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line 
Watch this church with anybody willing to listen. Just let me see a hand today. If you're willing to listen to God today with anyone, watch me. He said, I'm willing to go verse by verse line by I'm willing to go over this new revolutionary way of living with anyone willing to listen. Can I encourage you today? When you come to church, the reason why we kind of lean into the word is because we're listening to God. I want to land on these verses right here. This is Matthew 11, 28 through 30. What we're going to be talking about this morning. He says all that to say this. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and, and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Woo! That will preach. What a beautiful... Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Are you tired? Are you, are you weary? Are you burdened? Are you... Are you you're tired of religion? He says, come to me and I'll teach you a real rest. I won't put anything on you that's too burdensome or, or ill-fitting, he uses this phrase. I will teach you how to live a life that's free and, and light. That's Jesus for you, isn't it? That's the gospel right there. That's the good news to humanity, what Jesus is saying. He changes his voice from anger and wrath. And he just says, anybody that's willing to listen, come to me and I'll show you how to do this thing. I want to preach a message this morning. Would you write down the title? It's called super tired. <laughs> I'm glad you laugh because super tired. You ever get that tired voice? You know, you ever talk to somebody, you got that, they got that tired voice, like super tired. We'll preach a message this morning called Super Tired. Hey, we're in the middle of unreasonable hope. And, and just so that you know where we've been and where we're going, we're kind of walking through the book. By the way, thank you so much for everybody last week that purchased a book. And, and we're just church, you're so kind and gracious. And I know so many people supporting us. And for Julie and I, we do not take that lightly. Thank you so much. It was a really big week for our family and for our church. Can we give it up for everybody that's been a huge support and a huge strength? We just, it means the world. We sold out of books last Sunday and just, that just means so much to us. But we've been walking through really the four sections of the book. We established in week one, the struggle. All of us have had a struggle. Maybe you're in a struggle. We talked about how in a struggle, you got to be honest and just go like, Hey, this right here, this is not easy. This is hard. It's a struggle. We established that God can't work with the fake you. He can only work with the real you. God wants you to be honest. Last week, we talked about the remedy, that there's a solution to every problem. The fact that there is a, a person in heaven that doesn't just exist up there, but is actually on earth and in our world that resides within us. He is the root remedy, the solution to our soul. Anybody thankful that even though you have a struggle, anybody grateful that you also have a savior? And we talked about how the struggle is real, but so is the medicine. So is the remedy, so is Jesus. The third section, which I want to preach from today, is rest. I want to talk about rest and how do you find rest in your struggle while your remedy is working? 
Maybe you have a remedy and you've been, uh, you know, nursing an ankle and your ankle has found its remedy. Maybe you have stitches. Maybe you've got the ice pack. Maybe you're working the remedy for the, for, the, for the hurt and the ache and the pain, but it's not quite healed. How do you rest while it's still resolving? How do you rest when the solution hasn't panned out all the way yet? I want to talk this morning from scripture, how Jesus does promise us rest even in the midst of the storm. Amen? Let's bow our heads, let's pray. Father, thank you for our church. Thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you, God, that we can gather around your word and be strengthened and be encouraged. God, we're asking by the power of your spirit, open up our eyes so we can see Jesus. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do in this moment and in this setting. We thank you that you are so good and gracious and kind. We love you today. And God, we have turned a page. We are not just lifting up the Los Angeles Lakers, but God, even today, as they, as they play the Cavs, we pray for the Clippers and God, we thank you that they're going to win because anybody that comes into LA should be defeated. You love Los Angeles. You love the Clippers. You love the Lakers. I think you love the Lakers more, but let's not debate in church. God, we're not here for political campaigns. We're just here to say you like the Lakers more and let's just resolve it as all of it at that, all of it at that, but at that, that. But God, we love you today. Thank you for the church people today. In Jesus' name, and we all said. A little bit more faith in that, and we all said. Amen. Just by show of hands here, if this morning you are admittedly, this morning, you are admittedly more than usual tired. Let me just see your hand. If you're just, I'm, I gotta be honest, I'm a little bit more tired. We lost an hour of sleep and I messed up with the Google and the, anyways. But this is, I, I don't like being tired. When you're tired, there's a difference between being tired and hangry. When you're hangry, it's just like somebody needs to die and somebody needs to feed me right now. When, when you're tired, it's different. When you're tired, you're, you're moody, you're grumpy, but in addition to being moody and grumpy, you look ugly. Nobody looks good tired. Did anybody ever come up to you and be like, oh man, are you tired? Asking someone if they're tired is code for you look awful. You look terrible. You haven't slept in months. What's wrong with you? You look tired is the worst question you can ask somebody. Somebody say amen. Recently, someone was like, dang, bro, so you, you, you haven't been sleeping a lot? I'm like, what? Like, like, no, but what are you saying? Like, do I have bags? Tell me right now. Like, just being tired is the worst. I, mean, I came across a funny meme this week, and I sent it to the guys because I think this is, this is so funny. When people that don't have kids talk about how tired they are, can we put up this photo real fast? When people without kids, oh, we only got half of the, let me fill in the punchline for you. Half, half the meme made it to church today. The other half is in daylight savings. <laughs> this is awesome. Duly noted for next service. <laughs> when people without kids tell me, and then it would have been really funny. Because on the, on the bottom in the same text, the same exact text. I can say it from memory because it's real small. Because we got to size it. It's a big screen. We got to size it. What a service. When people without kids tell me, and then just wait for it, it's coming.
When people, someone's like, I came to learn about God and this guy's messing it up. <laughs> when people without kids tell me how exhausted they are. Yep. I usually don't use props or memes and that's why. Um, but when you're a parent, you just, you know, it's just like, you're just, people go, how do you do it? You know, like I was in the car the other day with a guy and, and um, it, it, we had just arrived to, to, to preach at his church and, and he picked me up and I'm talking to him and say, oh, you're married and you got kids. He goes, yeah, I got four kids. I go, four kids. I got three kids. I can't imagine I have four. He goes, yeah, I wish the fourth one didn't come. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, they lied to me. They said, once you got the three, they're having four, it's no big deal. I want my money back. It is a big deal. <laughs> when you are a parent, you just team no sleep. It's just like every day. Just you're exhausted. You're tired. Just you want to take a nap. You want to sleep. Somebody asked me yesterday, are you a napper? Can you take naps? I can't nap. I'm not a big napper. I don't take naps. I don't like find that in my schedule. I I'm, I'm more of like, I just want to go to bed. Like this last week at one of the nights I went to bed at 9 PM. Anybody think that's a good night? Like going to bed at 9 PM just sounds like awesome. That's just, that's being 36. But, but, but there's something about rest. Jesus is walking in to an area that up to this point in history, you have to understand the, the, the context. Israel never entered full rest. They were promised it. They desired it. They strived for it. They, they tithed for it. They, they memorized scripture for it. They, they fasted for it. They wanted this rest so bad, but they could never earn it because of legalism and religious duty and the law. And they, they would just, they could never accomplish it with all their striving and all their toiling and all their working. They could never enter in to the rest of the Lord. Jesus is telling them something so revolutionary that for the first time, their grandparents couldn't do it. Their parents couldn't do it. And they think we will also live an unfulfilled life. We will also live like those who never entered into this rest. And Jesus goes, guys, guys, do you want rest for your soul? Are you tired? And he's not looking at them physically going like, man, you got some bags under your eyes. Wow. You, do you want a, a, a monster or a Red Bull drink? It's not a physical exhaustion. It was an internal exhaustion. It was saying there's no rest for your soul. What do you do when you're getting all the sleep? You're sleeping eight hours, maybe 10 hours a night. You know, we have some people that can sleep 12 hours and they still find no rest because rest is not only a physical thing. Rest is a soulful thing. It is an internal working. Jesus is saying to this crowd, he's saying, I will give you rest for your mind. I will give you rest in your spirit. I will give you rest on your conscience. I will give you rest in your soul. Anybody thankful today that God didn't promise a sleeping pill or just a good bed, bed, but he promised us rest on the internal. Come on, anybody thankful for Jesus today? 10 people are excited about this. Come on, we're going to change the world. This was such good news. This was for some people in this crowd. This was for some spectators that were watching on. This was for, I'm going to give you four people today. This was for the troubled soul of the audience the troubled soul that was conflicted and burdened and the one that was tormented, the troubled soul. You ever been troubled in your soul? You ever feel like, ah, I just, I can't get it right and I feel anxious and I feel angst and I feel tired and I feel weary and I don't know why I feel these things. I, I feel this way. I feel something. Jesus is speaking to the troubled soul. What about in Psalms? 
uh, there's a Psalm in David. David actually speaks to himself. He talks to himself. You know, I think every person here today, you ought to learn how to talk to yourself. You got to learn how to speak well to yourself. Some of you stop beating yourself up verbally. Stop, stop being so harsh on yourself. But he speaks to himself and watch what he says. He says, why are you so downcast, oh my soul? He's basically saying, why are, soul, why are you troubled? Why are you conflicted? Why do you have so much burden? Then he speaks to himself another level. He doesn't just ask the question, but he goes, put your hope in God, soul. Yet I will still praise him, the hope of my salvation. He's saying to the soul business, I believe that God is for me. I believe that God is with me. I believe that God can accomplish things in my life. I will encourage you today. If you are a troubled soul, please know that you can find rest because God loved you before you loved him. God chose you before you ever stepped foot in this place. God actually has been taking care of you. He's been hunting you down. He's been giving you grace. He's been giving you favor. He's been giving you blessing, not because of your behavior, your morals, your standards, your ethics, not because of your theology, but because of who he is in your life? Is anybody thankful today that we have a God that relentlessly pursues us and loves us and is for us and is with us? Come on, y'all help me preach a little bit at 10 a.m. We're all tired in this mug. I just, I love this. Watch this verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49 verse 16 says, behold, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. It always makes me laugh, you know, when people get tattoos in today's society and someone will post it on social media, a tattoo, and people will always say, hey, doesn't the Bible say not to get tattoos? Hey, how come you're marking your body? Doesn't the Bible say not to get tattoos? Well, guess what? God got the first tattoo. So how's that for apples? Isaiah 49, 16, behold, I have engraved you in the palm of my hands. We live in a tattooed, crazy society that our culture loves markings. People get these markings because it represents loyalty. It's a symbol of affection. We, we grew up in the same neighborhood together. My mom, I love her. We, we, we were in the same cell block. If you have that, I ain't even hating. We actually, we're cool. But, um, but these are a mark, a mark of symbolism, of loyalty. God said, before you ever, before you ever chose me, I, I marked you in the palm of my hands. Why did he put it in his hands? Why? Because hands are the most important part of who you are. Hands represent compassion. Hands represent work. Hands represent who you are. God did not put this on his ankle or on his shoulder blade. He didn't put it on his, on his, on his uh, thigh. I'm going to go over here. but he, he didn't put it on some weird area. He put it on his hands. Why? Because he wants you to know how much he loves you, how much he's for you, how committed he is to you, how much he's in your world. Say, look at this. It doesn't matter what you do. I'm not getting this removed. Yeah. I was talking with Danny down here in the second row. Danny's a huge part of our church and a legend. And he, you know, we were in the car driving this week and Danny's, he, he works out, he boxes. He makes me jealous. And, um, and Danny's driving and he's got, you know, he's got his sleeves are up here so you can see his tattoos. And I said, wow, that's a cool one. And he goes, yeah, because I had to cover up my, my bad tattoos I got when I was younger. These are my new tattoos. And I thought, you know, in, aren't you grateful God's never, if you walk away from God, You turn your back on God. God's not taking it away. Maybe you're troubled in your soul. What kind of God do we serve? What kind of God are we singing songs to today? Why do we gather at really 9 a.m. today? Why? Because of God that says, I love you. I'm for you. I'm, I'm committed to you. You can rest in this relationship. 
Watch what 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. It says, there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. What does the Bible say? He said, you don't have to be afraid in this relationship. Maybe there's certain relationships you feel like you gotta keep the momentum going, you gotta keep the deposits going, you gotta keep investing, and you gotta keep this relationship working. God is saying, do not fear in this love. There's no torment in this relationship. I have made the decision, I am the one that loves you. This is not conditional, you're not gonna make me change my mind. I am for you, I am with you, and my perfect love ought to cast out all fear. You get a football team out, out on the football field and right now in the NFL, they're getting ready to do, you know, all the, the draft picks and, you know, they'll take these, these college offensive linemen, these big six foot six, 300 pound guys, and they'll put them up against like a sled. So they're not an actual, you know, person that are going against. It's like this, this sled and it's the, the, this big machine. And, and they'll, they'll actually tell these guys on the whistle that they got to drive back this, this dummy or this contraption, this, this machine. And so they say, on your mark, get set. And they blow the whistle. And these guys, they got to put push back on this big weighted machine. Can I tell you what God did with fear in our relationship? God says, I'm going to remove all your fear, all your torment, all your anxiety. I put you in the palm of my hand for the tormented soul. Find rest. There's no weariness. There's no concern. I made up my mind. I'm the one that started this relationship. I'm the one that's keeping this relationship going. Anybody thankful today that for the tormented, troubled soul, we can find rest? So Jesus is saying something revolutionary to the tormented soul. Number two, write this down. He's also talking to the person that says, for anybody that says, I don't know how to rest. You know, we got so many people in our society that are workaholics and they work and they work and they work. And a lot of people that work hard, it's not because they're driven for success. It's because they need the approval. Maybe they didn't get the approval from their father. Maybe there's a dad wound. Maybe there's an approval addiction. And so people begin to work their whole life and they say, I don't know how to find rest. Did you notice what Jesus said here? Jesus said, are you tired? Are you burdened? Are you weary? Come to me, watch what he says, and I'll teach you how to rest. I love this about Jesus. He never exposes problems and says, figure it out. He always says, come to me. In other words, the bridge between being troubled and being at rest, it's an easy bridge. Sarah and I, Sarah's in the front row. I've known Sarah since I was in fifth grade. She was in third grade. We grew up in Oak Harbor, Washington on a small little island. And, and on the island we grew up in, there was, there was a couple ferries throughout the island, second longest island in the United States. And um, not that we're proud of it or anything, we just tweet about it. But um, Front row got that. But, um, but, but on the island, to get on the island, unless it was a ferry, you would cross over a bridge. The bridge was called Deception Pass, and it was actually broken up into two, two different bridges. It's where a lot of tourists would go, but, but I, I, it was a long bridge. It would, it would take a long time. It was a little bit scary and, and dangerous bridge. And, and Jesus is saying, the, the, the bridge from troubled soul into finding rest, it's an easy bridge. It's me. I'm, I'm the bridge. I'm the one. I'm the teacher. I, I'm, I'll show you. I know it may seem difficult. You might be here going like, I want to Dougie, Dougie, but teach me how to Dougie. I don't know how to do it. Jesus is... I couldn't wait to say it. Um, Jesus is saying, I'll show you how to rest. I'll teach you what a... He says these words, a real rest is. 
I'll teach you how to do these things. I love that we serve a God that doesn't just say, figure it out. And why don't you get your stuff together? And why don't you go and get a real rest yourself? And come on, what's wrong with you, man? Jesus is saying, no, in me, I will give you rest for your soul. In me, I will teach you how to lay down. I love that Psalm 23 says, he is the God that is our shepherd. And when you have a shepherd, you don't have another want. You don't need the approval of others if you have the approval of God. He says, I am the God that leads you by, by still waters. I am the God that leads you to green pastures. I am the God that restores your soul. Can I encourage you today? It's okay to be tired. Who told you that it's a badge of pride that you can never admit that you're weak? That you can never confess, I'm tired. Did you know that in order for you to attack the call of God in your life, you have to have where there is no rest, there is no resolve. Where there is no rest, there is no attacking or moving forward. Jesus knows how important rest is. Did you know that rest is so good for your body? That when you're resting and you're sleeping, and maybe you don't sleep a lot. Let me just talk to you about your sleeping habits and your sleeping patterns. When you are resting, your, your body is rejuvenating. Your body is rehabilitating. Your body is being restored. Your body is being renewed. So much is being refurbished right there while you're sleeping and resting. And so you can attack the things that God has for you. So you can move forward in your calling. But you cannot move forward without rest. Jesus says, come, 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 come. Come over here. Come on. Come, let, let, let me teach you how to rest. I love the story in the Gospels with Jesus. It says that they were so busy, Jesus and the disciples, they were going so hard, they were going so fast, they didn't even have time to eat. You know you're busy when you don't have time to eat. You know you're busy when only a Quest bar is a meal. You know you're busy when you don't have time for Taco Bell. Somebody say amen. Watch with this um, story in the Bible, and it says of the disciples, just so there's context, just watch this in, in Mark 6, verse 30 through 31. It says, then the apostles gathered to Jesus and they told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. Jesus, he, he finds these busy, uh, busy bodies and these do workers and these people that are going, we got to do, we got to grind it. We got to make it. We got to, it's all on me. It's the burdens on me. I got to, I got to make this business happen. I got to make this family work. I got to make this thing go on. I got And they're so busy. Did you see what it said? They didn't even have time to eat. And Jesus looked at their busyness, and the first thing he does, he doesn't give them a badge of honor. He doesn't applaud them. He doesn't go, way to go, buckaroo. He doesn't applaud their work ethic. He says, come away with me so that you can rest. He's not saying, oh, well, that's great. Let's see if next month you can do more. Let's see if you can actually produce a little bit more. No, church, you cannot give away what you do not possess. If you don't have rest, you can't give strength. If you don't have rest, you cannot give power. you got to find rest for your soul. Jesus is saying the bridge from a troubled soul into rest is me. I will teach you. I will show you. I will not lay anything on you that's ill-fitting. I will not put a bigger burden or demand on you. I will not require more of you. I will actually, in your busyness, recall and say, come over here and let's rest for a little bit. Isn't this good news, anybody? This is Jesus. This is the gospel. This is for the troubled soul. This is for the one that says, I don't know how to rest. Number three, write it down. This is for anybody that's in a storm. 
Anybody that's in a storm. I know for us in our, in our world, and, and many of you know our story, if you're new to our church, and unreasonable hope is, is, is our message, but it's about our story. And I know for us, when we got into the storm, and when we were in the height of it, I, I don't know if you've ever been a, in a storm before. I don't know if you've ever been, you know, when it's not like a day. Did you, did you notice, was it last Monday that we all woke up in LA to the, to the thunder? It was the last Monday, about six in the morning. Did you wake up to that? And just the whole shake, I thought, this is the rapture. And then when the rapture happened, I thought, but I didn't go. But this time, I mean, our house was shaking. I'm not talking about a moment, like bad day. You ever been in a storm? Bad season? Tough time? Things are not coming together? A lot of bills, a lot of hardship and pain. As the old saying goes, when it rains, it, it pours. When the storm hit for our family and we, we started a journey with this Georgia stuff and it became overwhelming, I, I, I'll never forget that in the storm, I, 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 the rain was pouring and the, and the wind was howling and I felt like the boat was rocking, but, but I got to admit, I was at rest. I, I wasn't at, at, at my house laying at, asleep at night with my eyes open going, how are we going to make it? What are we going to do? What's going to happen to my wife? What, where's, you know, the doctor told us when, when we got the diagnosis, he said, this is what's good with your daughter and your daughter has this and that and everything. And then he looked at us, he was a believer doctor and he looked at us and he said, just a heads up also, also in addition, the diagnosis, but in addition, he said something like 75% or 80% of marriages that have this diagnosis and in divorce. He didn't just speak death over my daughter. He spoke death over my marriage. I, I, I never once was at home going, oh gosh, oh, gee, oh, whoa, 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 it's loud. It is scary. It is, it is, it is rocking. I was at rest because rest with God is not an external reality. It's an internal truth. Sometimes we come to God and we're like, God, make the rain stop. Make the storm subside. Jesus, please, the, the, the thunder's too loud. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Just don't you be worried about all that. As long as I'm in the boat, as long as I'm in control, as long as I'm next to your side, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I am the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. I've seen, I'm going to see you through it. This is rest to the soul. A lot of us just keep wanting God to move the situation and God is saying, no, I'll sustain you through the situation. In fact, write down number four and I'm going to invite the worship team to come back. But this was not just good news for the troubled soul. It wasn't just good news for the one that didn't know how to rest. It wasn't just for anybody in the storm. It was, it was good news for anybody that was open to grace. Church, the same grace that saved you is the same grace that will sustain you. And Jesus, what did he say? He said, why don't you come to me and I'll teach you and I'll show you how to get a real rest and you can learn from me. Did you notice those words, church? The unforced rhythms of grace. I will show you how this whole thing works. It's an unforced rhythm of grace. It's amazing to me. People, some people just have rhythm and some people don't. I'm really in the do not category. 
You ever try and force a relationship? You ever try and force a transaction? Force the issue? Jesus is saying, why, why don't you come to me? I, I, I got rest. It's real. It's real for your soul. It's real for your mind. I put you at ease and learn from me the unforced, these rhythms of grace. What is grace, church? By definition, grace is undeserved blessing and it's unmerited faith. Jesus invites us into this space with him where we rest and just, we're just caught up in this I don't know how this stuff keeps happening, but it keeps happening. I know how bad I am. I know how bad I, I know it. I know how bad I am. I don't deserve this. I cannot earn this. It's not my tithing record that got me here. It's not my prayer journal. It's not my reading. It's not how loud I am. It's not how quiet I get. This is just, it's grace. This is calm. You're tired of trying to make it on your own. You burn out from religion. You, this is over. It's done with. That's what your parents had to deal with that. Your grandparents. It's a new day. It's me. It's Jesus. And with me, I take away all of your burdens and your worries. And I say, I'm the bridge. I'm the bridge and the rest. And if you just come, I'll teach you this unforced it's so easy and it's natural and it just, it happens. I'll teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. I gotta tell you from, from my wife and I'll write about it in the book and I'll end with this, but early on with Georgia, you know, we just, we, we, we were facing these nights with her and if you're a parent, you know what it means to have a, a baby monitor next to your bed and these things are the devil. They're the worst contraption ever made. Next to alarm clocks on iPhones that don't work. And I'll never forget when she started having these seizures. And we started having the ambulance come to our house at night. And early on, you know, she's four now. And early on, we, 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 we're new to this, so we, we really didn't know how long she'd make it in the early days. And I'll never forget one night, Julia woke me up in the middle of the night, I was asleep. She shook me. Don't shake your spouse. <laughs> she said, I need to know something. She said, if, if, if Georgia doesn't make it, if she passes tonight, in the morning we go into her crib and she's not there, I need to know, will you blame me? Well, you think that it's my fault. Can we just resolve right now that we've done everything that we could for our daughter? And I'm like, what are you? Good morning. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I, I, I would not blame you for a thing. And it was just this moment for me that as I lay there with my wife, I begin to think I'm at rest. I'm not anxious. I'm not worried. I'm not burdened. I'm not overcome with guilt. I don't feel like my daughter needs me to confess more verses. If I give more to the church, she's going to, she'll get it. 
If I read more, I got to read more. If I read more, I know, I know Georgia will be healed. I know it was a time in my life where I just, I knew it. I knew it. This is the unforced rhythm of grace. And God is going to be good to my family no matter what I do. That the grace of God is not predicated upon my behavior or my sacrifice or my life or how much I yell. That the grace of God is in my home. The grace of God is for my child. The grace of God is on my marriage. Come on, church. Are you heavy burdened? Are you laden today? Why don't you find rest in Jesus? Rest for your soul. It doesn't matter what happens to you. It doesn't matter what the past is. Today you can rest in the grace of the Lord and learn the unforced rhythms of his mercy today.